the Pro Wrestling Stories Podcast. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Stories Podcast, where we transport you to nostalgic moments of wrestling's past. You can listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube. Uh, maybe we'll have a Joe Rogan type deal with Spotify. You never know. $100 million in the bank. And you can follow Pro Wrestling Stories on Facebook at Pro Wrestling Stories and on Twitter at PWS underscore official. And if you're looking to add a t-shirt to your collection, stop by PWSTs.com today. We'll take off 10% on your order if you use the promo code podcast. Plus, if you leave us Chris, a review. Chris, I... Chris, I'm pretty sure that we have a we have a T-shirt based around this very podcast subject. I'm oh, sure. I fucked so, up. You fucked up. <laughs> this would be perfect. You can wear this. You can go back, listen to the episode again, be fully in the gear, supporting us. We should be wearing it right now. To be honest, Corey, we are wearing it. Chris, oh, both of us, obviously, we are. We are the beauty of YouTube. And also, I was going to note if you leave us a review. It could be on any platform. You could win. Maybe that very t-shirt of PWS. Hello. PWSTs.com. I'm Chris Toplak. He's Corey Rivard. When considering Hello. the greatest SummerSlam matches of all time, Bret Hart versus the British Bulldogs should be near the top of any list. Corey, when was the first time you saw this match? Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw it live, baby. Oh. I saw it at uh, my neighbor's grandparents' house. You know, when you form relationships just simply based on things that your friends have. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I got close with my neighbor because uh, their par- their grandparents would get every uh, wrestling pay-per-view. Mm. And I remember it was a hu- the hugest deal in the world. This was this was a mega, 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 mega pay-per-view it was. to watch live. This was just, it just felt like Christmas happened in summer. So, and the, this one. and the intercontinental title, keep this in mind, in the main event. Now, I understand that it was title versus title at WrestleMania 6, Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior, but this was really the only standalone example at the time in 1992 that the intercontinental championship is headlighting the card. This was above the WWF championship with Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage at the time. So think of that. So it says a lot about the power of that title back in the day. When I was a kid, that title was probably to me more important than the it was. than the main one. All my favorite guys were the ones carrying it. So this this uh, this uh, putting that as the headliner and basically designing, not really designing a pay per view around Davy Boy, but because it was in Webley, it just felt like the Davy Boy show. Yeah, and uh, and and I mean the championship match. That's not those aren't slouches in that in that match. Macho no. Man and Ultimate Warrior. Not at all. Uh, like that could have headlined any WrestleMania ever, but. That, that says a lot about where, where that belt was and maybe where they considered Brett at the time and all of that. And we'll get into that. And allow me to set the scene for us. The setting was Wembley Stadium, just outside of London, England. To date, this is the only major pay-per-view, hard to believe, that took place outside of North America. And it was one of the largest ever for exact attendance. 80,355 were buzzing throughout the night mostly to cheer on their hometown hero, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. He was set to take on his real-life brother-in-law, Bret Hart, for the Intercontinental Championship in the main event of the evening. To add more intrigue, both competitors were incredibly over, meaning they were very popular with the fans at the time. The setup was perfect, Corey, but mm. 
Not so much in the execution. I mean, the excellence of execution, of course, took it upon himself to ensure that all went well. But in the match, the British Bulldog forgot everything he was supposed to do. Wow. I mean, could you imagine being in Brett's shoes? You can't, you can't but uh, we're going to watch and it's you'd be hard pressed to find a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes maybe i don't know i'm watching it with chris chris uh, chris has got an eye for these things but uh it still it still goes down as a pretty close to hovering around a 10 out of 10 match so it's hard to see him forgetting these things and if you want to follow along it's SummerSlam 1992 the true story behind the greatest match of all time of course that is subjective but this has to be right near the top author pro wrestling stories editor jp zarka yeah, usually when I uh, when when we're reading these articles and it claims makes these big statements, I'm kind of uh, not on that team. But in this in this case, this, up there. this is up there. This is effing up there. From Bret Hart's autobiography, rumor had it that Vince had big plans for SummerSlam '92. J.J. Dillon, Vince's talent coordinator, whose job was basically doing Vince's dirty work when it came to uh, <laughs> finding, uh, firing, and delivering other bad news, let slip that paper. The pay-per-view was possibly going to be in either Washington D.C. or London, England. Ooh. I went to see Vince. If he still wanted me to drop the belt to Shawn Michaels, I had an idea for that match that I wouldn't even tell him until he promised me that he'd never use it for anyone else. <laughs> Vince agreed, so I told him about the concept of a ladder match. The more I told him, the more he liked it. Also, if SummerSlam 92 was held in England, I suggested, why didn't I drop the IC Intercontinental belt to Davey there? And Davey could, in turn, drop it to Sean shortly thereafter. Hmm. Uh, the pop in the UK would be huge because Davey was a homeboy. Uh, now, why why did they even ha- bother having a creative team back then when they could have just had Bret Hart sitting back there? <laughs> he has a great like mind for everything. the business, for sure. And I mean, it all makes sense from a standpoint of revenue, the pop, and of course, the long-term plan. So yeah, you could have they're actually had him obvious. there. Yeah, I agree. What's your creative team up to if they're not coming up with that? But uh, yeah, it all works. Vince, told, uh, Vince tells Bret he liked both ideas. At the next TVs, he asked uh, asked Brett to show him a ladder match. I could do it with Sean, I said. Hmm. Uh, I rang Davey as soon as I left Vince's office to tell him, but he was so down about his six-week suspension for testing positive for steroids that he showed little enthusiasm, which is pretty crazy yeah. when, you're getting a mo- when you're getting an opportunity like that. Uh, even though it was three months away, the match with Davey soon became almost all I thought about, piecing, piecing it together move by move in my head. I'd kept an old but terrific finish of Leo Burks tucked away in my head for just the right moment, and this would be it. Mm. By the time I got to TVs in Hamilton on June 1st, it was official. SummerSlam 1992 would be at Wembley Stadium in London. Davey was back on the road, and Vince was going ahead with my idea to drop the Intercontinental belt to him. As the summer slipped away, and as summer ni- SummerSlam 1992 approached quickly, I spent my time training and working on another big cartoon drawing of all the wrestlers. <laughs> that used to be a thing yeah. where I would draw for the magazines. Uh, this time for Vince. I couldn't help but feel indebted to him. Hmm. I constantly phoned Davey down in Florida, but all Diana could tell me was that he was out with Jim the Anvil Nightheart somewhere. But I finally tracked Jim down just hours before I was leaving for England and was shocked when he told me that he'd just taken Davy and Diana to the airport. Davy was high as a kite when he <laughs> caught his flight, Jim said, because he'd been up all night smoking the crack with him. Oh, Jesus. I, lo- I really, like, love watching this match and, like, halfway through looking at the person beside me and being like, little, little known fact, that man is, is coming down from crack. <laughs> 
He's Jim going to a methadone clinic after this match. <laughs> yeah. After the biggest, literally, that's the biggest night of his career. But so bizarre. Like talk, we'll talk about. I wish Jim would take a good look at himself. There's a lot to digest here, Corey. Brett was always known to be a master strategist. Both the ladder match concept, of course, that was borrowed from Stampede Wrestling. He had some great matches there against Dynamite Kid. I highly suggest going back and watching those, along with pitching the idea for this matchup. Undeniable home runs, no doubt about that. But this also displays Davy Boy's immaturity at the time. They're going to put all this weight on his shoulders, and I believe he panicked, didn't know how to handle it, and then it led him down this path of uncertainty and unfortunate decisions he made. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, being being afraid of success. You yeah. know, that's kind of when people destruct the most. And here's example, prime example, uh, number one right here. No kidding. And it, crack, and is a, crack is destruction. <laughs> that, that's, that's a big self-destruct. Crack of all things. There's also a theory, though, too, and I wanted to bring this up, is that he relied heavily on Dynamite Kid, Brett, Sean, Perfect, Owen, you name it, all of the individuals in his matches, but he was just never quite the in-ring general. I don't believe he could flourish on his own. He always needed somebody there to help him out. I don't know. I don't know. I watched... I, he's, he has some, like... He's he's over by far. Mm-hmm. He was my sister's favorite wrestler. Uh... <laughs> Uh, he he like he had a great look and he he had some great moves the the carrying the guy over the head completely yes. I watched a Stampede wrestling match uh, yesterday or a couple days ago him and him and Brett from like a long time ago and it's Brett amazing. is like all the way down the aisle and he picks him up he runs after him and picks him up over his head and carries him all the way back to the ring over his head and throws him back in so that he doesn't get counted out yeah and those you know not a lot of guys can do that no I believe that I, Davey I, was arguably his best in Stampede Wrestling in a lot of different ways, and, of course, with Dynamite. That was one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Of course, of course. But I, I think Davey could stand alone if he... if he, I mean, he had the big thing that WWF really loved. I don't know. Drugs will, drugs will ruin your momentum, though. That is true. So Brett went on to say, I couldn't have been more disappointed in Davey and feared he would end up making us both look bad. I remembered Vince asking me if I was sure I could go on last in the main event. I can promise you nobody will be able to follow us, I said, of course, being Brett. And when I asked Vince whether he wanted me to run the finish past him, he told me, I don't want to know, surprise me. I don't want to know, surprise me. And I never, ever heard him say that to anyone else before or after. But now I truly had no idea what surprises the match was likely to have in store. When I arrived in London, hundreds of fans poured into the hotel lobby to chant my name in the streets, I set out to find Davey, but he was somewhere with Diana and his family. I didn't see him until the required entrance rehearsal for Wembley Stadium the night before the show, which to me is already a little frightening. I understand that you can call it in the ring, but for this seismic main event, I mean, you should actually touch base before this. So he had to, or he went on to say, I should say, when I asked him why he hadn't returned my calls all summer, by the way, all summer is friggin' ridiculous. He wasn't that's able... Insane. Do you think that's true? That's insane. That's uh, insane. You're getting the biggest match of your life. You're not talking to your... Maybe a bit of a stretch. brother-in-law. Maybe a little <laughs> bit of a stretch. It could have been a couple weeks, and maybe it felt like an entire summer, but you'd be yeah. hard-pressed to find out, okay, three months or two months passed by, no word yeah. from Davey. If it was that case, I'd actually go to Vince and go, you know what? Fuck this match. Screw it. Give me he, Sean. He doesn't deserve yeah. it. Give me Sean, right? So this is what he had to say. When I asked him why he hadn't returned my calls all summer, he wasn't able to look me in the eye. He fessed up he'd been smoking crack 
with Jim for weeks, not just days, but weeks, and was now terrified. Of course, paranoia sets in. He'd gone back to being that helpless kid I rescued from Dynamite 10 years earlier. Trust me, Davey, I'll do all I can to get you through tomorrow, okay? He nodded. I sat him down for a crash course, going over our match and making him recite the moves back to me. It was now completely up to me to save our match. The following day, we arrived at Wembley early. The sun hid high in an overcast sky, but there was a collective sigh of relief because it looked like it wasn't going to rain. Thank God, by the way, too, because it is an open stadium. Could you imagine the disaster that would take place? Was there a cover at all? No, no. there was, was a cover like a... over the ring, yes, but not over, over the, the crowd. Ring. Yeah. So you'd all be, the fans leave. You'd be yeah. helplessly drenched, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Once the show started, I worried and waited, fearing that the other wrestlers would run too long, leaving me and Davey with not enough time to tell our story, which is a real concern. And if we ran out of time, it would be tough luck, since if Davey beat me in a short match, it could ruin me in England, which I disagree with, but I can understand the fears there. One positive note was the referee was Gorilla's boy, that's Gorilla Monsoon, Joey Morella, who, in my opinion, was the best WWF ref. We'll get to him. I'll mention him during the match. I knew oh, that he'd be able to help communicate with Davey once we got out there. Brett was always a ring general. Undeniable. Sean very much the same way. But given the magnitude of the situation, wouldn't you be nervous in his shoes? Reading this, I'm deathly nervous. Of course. I mean, if he's as good of a ring general as what we are about to watch... Well, he's like the Ulysses S. Grant of uh, of wrestling because he he's pulling in his troops, one guy, British Bulldog, and 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 delivering, winning the Civil War of SummerSlam, and mm-hmm. uh, it is a Civil War too. Family, look at that. <laughs> that 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 went a long way. Yeah, I mean, of course, you'd feel absolutely, you know, first of all, insulted and terrified that you've put put WWE in this position or WWF in this class and make put so much. In. Uh, make a whole whole pay-per-view around one guy, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, having that guy fook it all up. And you'd have to imagine as well, too, and here's the thing. Of course, when you step up, you can cover yourself, but it takes two to tango. So if British of Bulldog course. forgets his spots or everything is mistimed, it makes Brett look bad as well, too. We've seen countless examples of this in the past with other performers, is that you can go in there with somebody that does not have incredible in-ring abilities, and you can make them look good, and sometimes it's just not humanly possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're going to somehow show me some spots here that uh, that are effed up a little bit. I don't know that I didn't notice. You're, you're, I'm no. I'm sure you've got a... You got a no? Okay. It, it's damn near flawless, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> Although there are, there is one point that is dramatically flawed from British Bulldog's side, but Brett actually saved it. We'll go over that in the match. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's yeah. a few examples, but nothing that's super noticeable, and only because Brett has touched on that years later, to be fair. And out of all the out of all the Brett stuff where he takes credit for things a lot, this this might be the one where you're, for me where I'm like, okay, well, you earned your stripes, man. Like, look look what you did here. Don't sell yourself short. You know? Give yourself a lot of credit yeah. for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so uh, how Brett Hart broke the hearts of many, but earned their hearts in the process at SummerSlam '92. That's a uh, hearts. The first heart was a. Uh, with an H-A-R-T, the second one was H-E-A-R-T, because it's J.P. Zarka rules. All right, so the sky was a beautiful purple on the day of SummerSlam 1992. Blue by the time our match was called. Davey went out before me to a huge ovation. I was banking on my sense that the British fans truly loved me, but would would uh, feel they had to tell the fans watching via satellite I'd be a huge underdog. I was betting my career on it. Good bet. 
The aisle was so long. That was a very long aisle. Uh, the aisle was so long that my usual entrance music played twice. <laughs> made my way to the ring. Picture of my confidence in my leather ring jacket. English football horns trumpeted through a crowd of all ages while Union Jacks fluttered in the soft breeze. I was eased by the sight of numerous pink and black signs, and I had the distinct sense that God was with me as I silently vowed to show Vince, Davey, and the world how good I was. That's an epic statement, by the way. That, that was a beauty. Yeah. Both of us unflinching warriors refusing to give way before battle. While a thunderous bull raided through the stadium, I unbuckled the belt, held it up to my lips, and kissed it. I handed it to Joey, who held it up to the crowd while I dropped out to the floor to give my sunglasses away. To our mutual surprise, I was able to place them on the little boy I'd promised them to earlier. Wow. His dad smiled, impressed that I was a man of my word. That's amazing. I mean, considering the fact, too, that there's over 80,000 in attendance that you can actually pinpoint that exact kid. So, obviously, yeah. razor vision there. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, kind of, I watched it the other day, and the dad looks like he's desperately trying to get a high five and doesn't doesn't get one. <laughs> so I got the glasses, so it's fine. Touch me, Brett. Touch right. me. Yeah. <laughs> Have you t- you've touched Brett? Uh, yes, you I shook his Brett. shook his hand. It was oh. a, an incredible, memorable moment for me. Oh man, touching Brett! Let's have a whole podcast about touching <laughs> Brett. Send in your stories about touching Brett, everybody. Touching wrestlers on the next episode of the Pro Wrestling <laughs> Stories podcast. Nothing inappropriate. What did please. their skin feel like? Oh geez, yeah. did they moisturize? Uh, <laughs> Uh, back in the ring, Joey gave Davey and me the rules. The three of us, momentarily awestruck by the size of the crowd, we pushed off with Davey looking strong and serious. The crowd was ours, and the bell sounded. At first, Davey outmaneuvered me with simple and realistic wrestling. But after only a few minutes, he was breathing hard. Here it comes. That's the crack. Here's the crack. It's kicking in. He looks at Brett, and he says, Brett, I'm fucked. Davey panted. We have a shirt for that. 10% off. Don't forget that. Brett, I'm fucked. Davey panted as I had him clamped in a side headlock. I can't remember anything. Jesus Christ. I would panic <laughs> if I was in Brett's shoes. If he, I can't remember anything. It's like, oh my God. Okay. So between uh, like anything? <laughs> Joey and myself, we're going to have to make do here. Yeah. Yeah. He must have had like a lot of muscle memory or so. Somehow he got through it. But. He did. Uh, so Brett Brett says, Davey, just listen to me. I'll carry you. This would be the test of my career. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> that that is <laughs> the most frightening perfect. statement I've ever heard. That's like being WrestleMania 25. The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels steps toe-to-toe with the Undertaker. And Undertaker <laughs> says, I don't know what the hell's going on. I forget everything. And Shawn says, holy Best shit. Best of luck. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, works out works so, out if you want to follow along with us by the way we'll have a conversation throughout this match so you're not going to miss out if you're not following along move for move but it's on youtube we're going to watch it on there not the wwe network you can watch it on there as well it's bulldog versus hitman 1992 and it has about 23 24,000 views january 5th 2020 if you want to find that there so you can follow along with us and if you're on the network, I believe it's the two-hour, 13-minute, 13-second mark of the SummerSlam 92 event. That's the exact moment there. So we're going to be as descriptive as possible. And again, this will be more of a conversation. So you're not missing out on anything. Don't worry. So you count us down, Corey, in terms of how you want us to start, when you want us to start, and we'll dive right into Sounds this match. Good. So I, I get to watch one of the greatest matches ever uh, while recording a podcast about it with Chris Toplick which is like drinking 
whiskey with Jameson himself. This is wow. this is an honor. I'm excited to watch this Jeez. match with you, Chris. I can't wait to hear your in, your insights into one of the best matches ever. <laughs> Could you? I'm going to let you down so much just by watching it. Going, I'm speechless. You're like, what? That's it? Come on, Jesus, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm fucked. Forget everything. <laughs> All right, so All right, count us Chris. down, my friend. We'll do this. Three, two, one, go. And by the way, this is a beautiful 2040p quality. I love this. Oh, yeah. this Can't even make out the boy. audience. Wow. That's, a, that's a Union Jack there. We see that. I can't wait for them to eventually go back to England. And you know what I love here, too? Lennox Lewis leads the British Bulldog out, waving the flag. Oh, yeah. Un- undoubtedly one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. Actually, something you don't know, one of my all-time favorites. I didn't know that. Yeah, he no. walked, walked away from the sport on top. Rare, it's a rarity in combat sports, by the way. I believe he was 41-2-1. It's remarkable. As they make their way down the long entrance That route. is a long entrance, as you, as you see with uh, the Legion of Doom. Uh, on the motorcycles, on in the, in yeah. The events, taking those motorcycles and knowing that one of them can't drive, he's spooked too. Speaking of drugs, spooked at this event. don't do yeah. drugs should be the tagline for this event. Hawk actually never came home. That's how yeah, high on drugs he was. He's saying, you know what, animal, I'm not coming back. I'm staying here. <laughs> like, I mean, do crack whenever, but uh, especially not, I'd say not on Christmas or not on SummerSlam Day. No. Now, here's what's pretty remarkable about this, too. So we covered this, I believe, over 80,000 fans, probably closer to 75,000, of course, just like how they bill wrestlers in terms of height, weight, all of that. Probably a little bit more yeah. than what they're saying. But at the same time, apparently tickets were sold in just a matter of days. I don't, I'm not sure if that's yes. entirely accurate, but I did hear six hours at one point. But again, that's the folklore of WWE. Who knows for sure? Which which bewilders me that they've not tried this out of out of uh, continent pay-per-view again. I know. The only like, problem, though, a- that we'll get into is the fact that you have to keep in mind there is a delay. And now with the internet, right. that does such a disservice to this. Yes. Because at the time, 1992, how many people had the internet? A dozen? That's it, probably it. Yeah, yeah it would all be destroyed. And there's... Uh, I mean, we could do it in the same. We could do it in uh, South South America. Is there a big wrestling base in South America? Yeah, it's pretty good. We got some listeners in South America for sure. We're keeping it in our time zones. By the way, I love Brett's old theme song because it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's ridiculous. Like I, I enjoy it. for the times. Yeah, it was. Uh, by by the way, there's a line. I'm I'm hearing this on mute, but I do recall there's a line where Bobby Heenan's joking that he thought it was Joe Lewis instead of Lennox Lewis, which was hilarious. <laughs> Oh, we'll try to keep up with Bobby, but we're not we're not quite that good. To Brett's point, by the way, too, as you can see, there's a lot of pink and black signs in the audience. Obviously, the crowd adamantly behind the British Bulldog, justifiably so, but Brett is receiving a big ovation. He's by no means the heel in this match. It's face versus face. But at the same yeah. time, he was very popular overseas. He was a draw overseas. In fact, there's Jeez. two individuals who I hear that were very popular overseas back in the 90s. It was Brett and The Undertaker. Okay. Well, yeah, you feel I actually heard him say at one point that he actually feels that the that the audience was deep down more it was 80%, 20% uh in his favor, but no. that a bunch of them didn't want to say it, but I don't Brett, I don't th- I don't think so. I, I I do believe that they did not want Brett to lose, but they also wanted Davy Boy to win and it was his moment and it was an incredibly memorable moment. Absolutely. Probably one of my most memorable from my childhood. This, nope. is a, this is a huge one for me. No kidding. And, and my sister, my sister was just like, 
just in hell because she was walking. These were her two favorite, and she was just in love with both of them. British Bulldogs closer in her room. How do you choose? Did much like Diana herself. Yeah, it's a horrible day for Diana. I think Bobby made a joke at one point when I rewatched it about how Christmas is just going to be so bizarre now because if Brett loses, he's not going to buy Diana any Christmas presents this year. There, there he's holding sure up the, the hand. Christmases were often left. So he finds the kid, gives him the sunglasses. I always was envious of the kids that received them. I, I constantly wished it was me. Yeah, instead of instead of forking over the twenty five at the merchandise booth, did you ever do that? Uh, did, did you have a pair of glasses? I actually never had a pair of Bret Hart sunglasses. He released them later on his website. I didn't buy them because at the time I thought, am I ever going to wear them? They'll probably be in a box sitting on my shelf. And that's great, but I'm not a big collector just to let it sit there and collect dust, right? I'm I'm sending you a pair. It's going to sit beside your George Carlin picture on the oh, shelf. Oh, please. That would be amazing. There's actually a picture of Bret Hart and George Carlin together, one of my all-time favorites. Ooh, look at that, eh? All right, match is starting here. They've locked up. By the way, Joey Morella passed away less than two years after this match. Tragic car accident. Obviously, you need to wear your seatbelt. He did not. He fell asleep at the wheel. Harvey Whippleman was also in the car. And from what I've understood, Gorilla Monsoon was never the same after this. He was completely broken. And to your point, I know you brought this up, Joey was one of the best in the ring as a referee. I loved him. Gorilla's commentating at this era right i'm pretty sure yeah he was he he was just getting out of it he was getting out of it in this match in particular and by the way the weird thing about this match too is there's almost like an additional platform where brett fell out of the ring and fell below this other platform (laughs) which is incredibly dangerous yeah that's 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 a long way to go down but wembley yeah so gorilla monsoon would still commentate a little bit but in this match in particular of course it was vince mcmahon and bobby heenan who i loved as a one-two pairing I actually, I still to this day, I, th- I to me think Vince McMahon's the greatest commentator of all time because that is the PT Barnum, that's the hype man. I agree. And all anything, he's selling his own product and he's just screaming everything, and and you know anticipating finishes that don't happen the whole time. <laughs> what a maneuver! He's the way in which I would describe Vince on commentary is almost very similar to Hulk Hogan. And allow me to explain. So Vince technically. <laughs> was not the greatest. We can admit that, obviously. He didn't really call the move so much. He was focused on the storytelling, but it was all big, bold charisma, similar to Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was a concept. He was you know, somebody that you looked at, of course, for the charisma and the promos and reading the audience, but never from a technical ability standpoint. Vince, very much the same way. Well said, well said. Listen, uh, Bulldog doesn't look fooked here. Like, this guy is just, he's selling it all. Yeah. That's probably almost where he said it, too. We passed that, but he's on oh, the right ground. Here, yeah. And you can see <laughs> Brett talking to him very calmly, yeah. too. And Brett's very good because there's some it's wrestlers that are terrible at it. And John Cena's one of them, where you can hear them call the spots in the ring, which I hate. Right. But being like, drop down. It's oh, good. yeah. You got all three of the guys here right together. Obviously having a bit of a discussion there. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it, that's where it happened, eh? For sure. All right. Now... I, I find the horn so distracting. I know that it translates well in football, but it does not translate well in this match, in my humble opinion. It's very distracting. It reminds you that you're in love. It's like, bah, bah. It's like shut up. I'm trying to concentrate <laughs> yeah. on the match. Yeah. Something else during American the stare down. I, I forgot to bring this up, but apparently Brett said, and I went back and rewatched it, and I thought Bulldog did a pretty good job of it. Brett felt that one of the lost moments was that he was hoping Bulldog would stare him down as opposed to the crowd. And I almost thought, like, am I missing something? I've seen this match so many times. Was it almost 
Rock and Hogan-esque, and it wasn't. Bulldog stared Brett down, so I'm not sure yeah. what was missing there. Oh, man, he's he's a perfectionist, that guy. Mm-hmm. Probably Bulldog picking it apart. Great. Yeah, Bulldog's looking pretty good. Diana, great facial reactions there. She looks genuinely concerned, anxious, as she should. Yeah, she perform- she performs well. Did you know, by the way, too, this this event made nearly three million at the gate, which was massive business in the early 90s. Wow. Wow. That's insane. If UFC did that now, they would go nuts about that because that's like a pretty good gate. I mean, obviously, they're going for like the Conor McGregor 10 million gate, but three million is solid. That was the smoothest slingshot. I know. This is smooth. This is so smooth. Brett takes the turnbuckle better than almost anybody I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) That's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, how many pay-per-views do you think are designed completely around one guy? Like, I know it's not actually. I know it was going to go to Wembley before we decided we're going to put Bulldog in here. Of course. But the build-up and everything always felt like it was going to be this. Yeah. I think there's there's some Undertaker ones that are designed around Undertaker, I guess. But usually that's not the case. Yeah, there's some. I mean, the, one of the only ones that comes to mind for me would even be WrestleMania 26. Even though WrestleMania 26 took place, I believe, in Arizona. And yes, it's the beauty of WrestleMania. Everybody tuned in because it was going to be Shawn Michaels' last match, the retirement match with Undertaker. Right. <clears throat> right. So that was the event that night was that. In my opinion, yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. only reason I tuned into that pay-per-view. Brett famously faced Vince in a horrific match. It was so stupid. I wish <laughs> it never happened. But at the same time, having that Undertaker, Shawn Michaels 2, my God. I mean, a sequel to arguably yeah. one of the greatest matches ever. Exactly. Um, and I mean, they'll have you believe that this is the main event, but I'll tell you what, this entire pay-per-view, all they're talking about is what corner Mr. Perfect's going to be in the entire time. I heard that they wanted to turn the ultimate warrior heel here and he vetoed it. He said, that's not going to happen. Right. Which just makes the whole night very odd because this is all they talk about. They don't even mention this match much during the whole pay-per-view. They're talking about macho, uh, macho ultimate warrior. And mostly whose corner is Mr. Perfect going to be in the whole time. And then it proves to be no one's and kind of a weird, weird finish there. Could you also imagine if this event it was originally supposed to take place at the Capitol Center just outside of Washington, D.C., as Brett alluded to, but that would have been first, so lackluster because I think if I, and I'm going to try and recall this correctly, I think Survivor Series 95 took place at that venue. It's not big. It wouldn't have grossed anywhere near the $3 million gate or 2.7, no. I believe, here. No, yeah. No, this this is uh and you wouldn't even remember it as much. This is this no. for some reason it it felt special because it was it was away. A couple things too. So the event took place Saturday night in England. For those in America, two-day tape delay. So 1992, as I noted, there wasn't a deep concern about spoilers being posted on the internet, but I still do believe that time delay, because as we know, they're five hours ahead, is why they're not moving forward with it. But I still think it's a missed opportunity because it would draw such big money to have a WrestleMania in England. Absolutely. Just a whole different identity. Instead of like, you know, things get stagnant with wrestling, especially lately. Yeah. Uh, make it special. Chuck it somewhere else, you know, and I don't know. It'd, be, put, it'd, be, it'd make for an interesting, interesting identity. Put it in a soccer stadium. Crowd would love that. I mean, go to Ireland or somewhere too. Jeez, nothing beats that last stadium match we watched a couple weeks ago. <laughs> AEW that pays off. 
Now, you're a big Sean guy. How do you feel about the original Sean, rumblings? Yeah. And and I love Sean Michaels too. How what about the original rumblings that he was penciled in to face Bret Hart? Because if you recall, HBK faced Rick Martel, and it was weird because it was heel versus heel. I did not love the dynamic of that match because they were both very similar characters, arrogant and very narcissistic. That's funny. That's exactly why I liked that match. That's really? uh, you, you just kind of knew those guys had to face each other eventually. It's, you know, the cocky guys have to face the cocky yep. guys. And Makes sense. I, I like I like a heel versus heel match. That was a weird match, but, uh, you know, Sean and Brett have their time eventually, and you know he's, he's going to get there. And, um, yeah, I don't know, and I always like Rick Martel. So. Well, as you know, my opinion of Rick Martel, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's so long right. overdue, it's ridiculous. Uh, one thing that I actually read today, of all days, great timing, was that Sean was mentioning who his best opponents were, his greatest opponents, and he said, my first part of my career, it's Brett. It has to be Brett. Second part is Triple H. Triple H, eh? Yeah, I thought he would go with Taker personally, but I'm glad that he said Brett because it cannot be understated just how <sighs> closely they resembled each other. They were yin and yang, but they were so perfect together. Absolutely. God. Absolutely. If, if only Brett wasn't <laughs> so into himself at times and Sean wasn't just an absolute ass to deal with. I, I feel exactly. as though if Brett could put aside his ego and Sean could actually be a decent human being, those two could have done business together for a decade. Much to their credit, eventually both those things are overcome in both characters. Um, Sean becomes a better guy and, well, I don't know if Brett's completely over himself, uh, but he's he's willing to deal with Sean now. Did you watch this entire card recently? Yes, I did. So, Papa Shango, it was originally supposed to be Kerry Von Erich. I'm not sure if you know that, but Kerry was released a few weeks earlier. That would have been a okay match, but man, I mean, we could go into it on a further uh, episode of the show because I'm a big fan, as you know, of the Von Erichs and WCCW, but that amputation, that partial amputation of his foot really destroyed his career and, of course, the drug dependency, but to see him let go, and he was, I think he committed suicide six months later. Very shortly after let go of that what would have been an all-time classic Texas Tornado Papa Shango. <laughs> oh, That's what we would have been talking about today. Instead, <laughs> we got man and crush, so listen, pal. Oh, jeez. We're, we're on the winning side here. All right, we should commentate on this match a little bit. So, uh, well, Bulldog's a little fooked. Uh, <laughs> He's on the ground. Brett is just slamming his face into the mat. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's going on there. I love Brett's offense because it is so aggressive, and you know he's just barely touching them. But his punches and kicks all look so snug. Absolutely. And he, he always his face always registers that he means it. Like, oh. this, is, this is the uh, last hurrah. I was at the In Your House, uh, probably the worst In Your House ever, but it was, it was my first pay-per-view I ever went to. And uh, it was the one where Brett is on commentary and Bulldog's fighting uh, Diesel. Yep. And then halfway through the match, Bulldog goes up and smacks Brett in the face. And then Brett, of course, hops in and gets uh, Diesel disqualified and all that stuff. So. so here's the part that Davey Boy forgets coming up, by the way. Davey okay. Boy on the outside. Bret Hart is attempting to go over the top rope, and he's going to land on top of him. But watch okay. what he has to do at the last minute. Davy okay. Boy is not paying attention. And look at this. Oh, yeah. He overcompensated yeah, yeah. by saying he did almost like a reverse bulldog. But if you see the way he landed, he almost blew out his knee. And he's even grabbing kinda, his knee there. It looks amazing. And I, if I recall, Vince McMahon yells, I've never seen anything like that before. Because, because it's not never happened. Yeah. yeah. 
And yeah. then the weird but, thing too is look nearby, there's that platform I talked about. Is that if he yeah. actually went down another couple of inches, he would have been fucked. <laughs> You're right. But uh, again, maybe this is why it looks better because Brett has to improvise a little bit and make things look even more realistic. God, I, I don't believe there's very many wrestlers in the history of this company that could be able to call it on the fly like that. I know Brett, I know Sean, maybe a few others, but a very select few. Yeah, this might be, out of all of his uh, large, grand statements, this might be the one where I'm like, man, you, you're, you're, you're painting your legacy here. This is the, this is the real deal, that you, that you were able to pull this off. And he's right, by losing this match, he does cement himself as... He gains more momentum by losing this match than winning this match. Oh, he does. He comes out, yeah, he comes out on top, and his career flourishes from there. His stock skyrocketed. It was a proof of concept to me that he was... Essentially proving to Vince, I can be your guy because this is really the post-Hogan era. Of course, Hogan comes back very briefly in 93, but he's saying, I can be your world champion. Look at what I just did with Davy Boy. And if you recall, Brett's first title reign actually took place a few months later, October. I know it was Coliseum video. It always pissed me off. It was not on a pay-per-view or television against Ric Flair right. in Saskatoon. Flair. Saskatoon. Probably Saskatoon's biggest claim to fame to yeah. this day. Well, I mean, and it was just weird, though, too, because the match takes place, and I remember reading it later. I think it was in, like, the magazine or on television. I thought, I missed his title reign. I mean, I was yeah. six going on seven. I was so disappointed at the time because I loved Brett. Those were those those weird ones that all of a sudden happened at house shows, like the, the Diesel Bob Backlund one. Oh, that was You're weird. Like, what? <laughs> I remember, I remember what? that one, too, saying he lost in how many seconds? Yeah, eight seconds, I think. He just get, and it's weird too because he gets jackknifed and just dives on top of him. And it's like, that's it. I kind of love it. <laughs> I do enjoy it too because if you look at them, it's such a mismatch. The diesel yeah. should have been able to do that. So it was almost like a shoot <laughs> yeah. just to say, hey, Backlund, yeah. you're a little yeah, out right. of shape. You're a little old. Screw you. Boom. <laughs> fuck you. Here's the jackknife. Yeah. That's Speaking what, of fuck you, uh, don't forget, everyone, we do have a t shirt available 10% <laughs> off. I'm fucked. Change the word. You could ch- children. You can wear a "I'm Fooked" shirt, and your parents will be none the wiser. <laughs> Take, wear it to school when you're out. allowed to actually attend school, or wear it on Zoom with your friends. Yeah, exactly. You'll be the coolest kid in town. One of my favorite suplexes is that snap suplex from Brett. Gets a yeah, great a uh, velocity on yeah. that one too. I love his offense. I. I enjoy the wrestlers that just have such a wide array of moves to choose from. And he's one of them. And Sean, Sean's one of them. And there's a whole bunch taker taker has so many signature moves. I remember in video games, I'd always pick these guys because I thought, Oh, there's so many signature moves with Brett. It's the backbreaker, the bull, uh, the bulldog, you know, all of these. Get undertaker to walk on the rope. So effectively hit him in the arm. Going old school. And there's Brett. I love those little short elbows, too, by the way. When his opponent's on the ground, he just dies right on top of him. You think they sold any Diana merch? <laughs> Don't think so, Corey. No. Here comes that okay. patented backbreaker. Boom. Oh, that's a, that's a beauty. It's Good God. so this, nice. This, this, Brett, this, this is one of his finest matches. This is, a, this is beautiful. I always this say... This is one of my favorite matches I've ever seen, to be honest Really? With you. Wow. My, yeah, my favorite Brett great. matches, this is, this is probably... I'd say in my top five, but I do have some ahead of it. I believe that him in Austin at WrestleMania 13 is the greatest story ever told. Just just because of the story they told there. But also, I think Brett and Owen, in my humble opinion, was actually a better SummerSlam match with the steel cage. 
Holy shit, that was a great match. I haven't match. seen that one in a while. Well, looks like we're going to have to do that. Now, this match is... The concept of this match kind of sets you up for let's fuck around with Brett's family uh, in the future because it it's works true. as a storyline. right? True. So they, they go back to that well. Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler does success. that. Yeah, Shawn yeah, Michaels oh, does God. that. Uh, the, the Brett Owen stuff, like all all that stuff is it, it's because this worked. All the the Lawler, Stu Hart, Helen Hart stuff was what my childhood was made out of. That was his best feud, Jerry Lawler's, and he actually just mentioned that recently on Twitter that that was my best feud in WWF. I love the feud between those That's two. Amazing. Kiss my foot. Absolutely. They don't have enough of that either. Like a comment, a commentator being like a constant uh, heel to a specifically to a specific wrestler well they're not going to do you know? it with byron saxton obviously <laughs> no they're i mean i don't have a lot of good to say about any of the commenta- commentary no. team right now the the other thing too to keep in mind so when bulldog wins here his reign is short-lived he gave up the title in november to Shawn michaels he was released due to a human growth hormone scandal along with the warrior as well wow way to go bulldog really rose to the occasion here now, how many uh, how many years of life he's, has he got here still? He passed away, what, 2002? I think he was probably 42 years old. I think 2003, 42 years old at the time, maybe. I, I, I know he's 38 in his... even. I think he was Jeez. in his 30s. That's sad. Yeah. And he was just coming back to WWF at the time, but he was a, a shell of himself, though, because he was wearing, like, the jeans, and he was kind of jobbing to the rock, and he was just totally out of it at that point. And even his runs in WCW... I mean, some could refute this. I thought that they were very lackluster. Lackluster, but he was part of one of the greatest moments in WCW history. Master. Exactly, Mo Frere. Uh, Sting. Exactly. I, I just love the delivery. My tag team <laughs> partner is going to shock the world. He is none other than the Shock Master. Here it comes. Oh, no. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, also, uh, heads up, anyone listening. Uh, uh, you follow Georgia Smith on uh, Instagram. That's uh, Davy Boy's daughter. And oh, yeah. She's a babe. She's and a babe, everybody. Harry Smith Jr. still active as well, too. I believe still he's active, still yeah. with MLW. Why they ever let him go in shot. WWE, I have no idea. Because the man was, I think he's like 6'5", legitimately. He has a bit of a mixed martial arts background. He looks the part. He can go. He Not necessarily the most confident behind a microphone. Doesn't exude charisma, but... Put him with a manager, and he's great. Exactly, as Brett said. What are they? They didn't really give uh, Harry a lot to work with, anyway. No. So on the mic, so you give him something to talk about. Brett always said that he was given so much to work with. Yeah, well, there was always the storylines were good for him to be. You know, when when he started getting going, that he always had something to speak about naturally. Look at these moves. Brett's on bull, bull right into back, the corner, slammed into the turnbuckle. This is gold. Looks great. He does look a little winded, though, doesn't he? I mean, I mean, he's holding his his composure, <laughs> and he's a bigger guy yeah. in terms of the muscle that he's carrying. But at the same time, he does look a little winded, and now it all makes sense. This, yeah, this is a absolutely. tough break too. Look at this, right into the ropes. But look at the way he lands. Oh, oh yeah. But I kind of like the fuck ups are good. Like this looks good. Not, still. not for Brett's body. He's probably like not for Brett's My body. dick just ripped off my body. You think this is funny, Corey? <laughs> I unfortunately I do think that's funny. Yes. Uh, you would have loved to be there when Vader knocked off Mick Foley's or Cactus Jack's ear. You're like, hey, I caught the ear. I caught the ear. I'm more of a dick joke guy. I don't like a lot of blood. Clothesline from Davy Boy Smith goes for the cover. Of course he kicks out at two. How many wrestlers we got with braids ever? Can you name a couple? Not very many. Look good, man. 
the ladies must have loved this match. This is like this is like Sonny against Stacy Keebler right now for the ladies. I bet. <laughs> look, at, look at these guys. The British Bulldog. Look at that guy. That is a ladies' man. I'm I'm fucked. Handsome boy though. Well, <laughs> and he goes for a stalling suplex here, taking a second to compose himself. And he's going to lift Brett up and, to his credit, holding him right up there. I love the stalling suplex, oh, by the way. I love that. That's, the, that's where he's the best, the Bulldog. The holding people up in the air like that. And walk and around the really, ring. Really, like, yeah, walk around the ring and, like, sturdy. I say a lot about uh, wrestlers' costumes back in the day. Brett's is awesome. Brett's came by uh, by default, I guess. There were Accident, very few yeah. Colors left. I think it was the last color, you know, that wasn't being used. And, oh, the, and by the way, that turn bu- that turnbuckle bump when he goes chest first is remarkable. <laughs> that is gold. He sells those. He sells those real well. But what I'm distracted by is the the really shitty uh, BB job on Bulldog's boots. Often there's like the they put they put like letters on their on their costumes that just kind of look stupid. Yeah, just like you could stupid. even put maybe like a, an actual bulldog on there. That'd bulldog. probably make a lot more sense, or you know the English flag. But instead, you have BB. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, BB gun, BB gun. I'm a fan yeah. of uh, a Christmas story. Running power slam. He's going for. I like that. Oh, he hits beauty. it. Beauty. Oh man. One, two. Bulldog. Wow. And Brett kicks out well before three. Do you know what I can do when I'm hungover? Nothing. Like, I can't even make craft dinner. Wow. Now, this guy is not only hungover. This guy is, he's like. He's coming down off of crack. Off, yeah, off of crack. And you're delivering wow. brilliantly. How did the, oh, I just basically slaps him. But it, you would think that they need to have a bit of a drug testing policy following this <laughs> to think, are you not on crack or cocaine or heroin? Damn it. Well, I did heroin this time. Sorry, Vince. Okay, we'll go out and try your best. I don't know. After this match, I'd be probably if I was Vince, I'd be encouraging them to oh, do geez. more crack. Do a little do bit more crack. crack. Look at this. Bridging German suplex and he kicks out, being the British Bulldog. Brett, when he wants to get really technical, can execute those moves better than nearly anyone. Absolutely. My God. And again, I can't believe I'm watching this with Chris Topic. This is this is a hell of an honor on this uh, Sunday. Let me ask you a question. We both love modern wrestling as well, but do you think that they should just slow it down, go back to the basics sometimes, because less is more. And you see here, they are telling a more methodical story. But And by the way, in this part that we just saw, Brett gets thrown on top of the turnbuckle. He said that Bulldog nearly ripped him in half. Like That's how hard he hit the buckle. Oh, man. Yeah, but I think they could slow it down a bit, meaning the modern-day wrestlers go back to something like this where the spots really matter. Well, yeah, you really hope that maybe what's old is new will become new again. I hope so. And uh, that'll become in fashion again because, of course, I definitely I enjoy this so much more. Yeah, I'll, me I'll too. Still, I'll still tout the AEW stuff, but, uh, yeah, of course, I'd, I'd prefer it to go back to this. It's a true story, and I think that you really need the story and the emotion from it and to have – the audience eating out of the palm of your hands. And when you hit 19 super kicks, I don't know if they're eating out of the palm of your hands so much as they're thinking, what's next? <laughs> exactly. That's that's a good way to put it. Because they're spoiled at that point. They're thinking, how are you going to up yourself? It's like, I, I'm not going to jump off the tight Tron, okay? <laughs> Plus, I, I really love the idea of a story being told from pay-per-view to pay-per-view instead oh, of week God. to week. I know, me too. And, you and need we'll... to have long-term stories. I mean, we talk about this at length, but Hogan and Savage, for God's sakes, I mean... Exactly. You're waiting a year for these people to... 
you know, be be in a ring. What's what's right before SummerSlam? That would be um, Royal Rumble. No, 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 that'd be um, WrestleMania, basically. WrestleMania, WrestleMania. But you yeah. could do it. Like you could even have like somebody beats them at WrestleMania and they rematch at SummerSlam and just build that for three months or four months. Exactly. Brett has exactly. him in the sharpshooter, a very creative way that he locked that in. And by the way, Brett sharpshooter, undoubtedly the best. He sinks it in quite nicely. A lot of people, yeah. when they put it in, I mean, The Rock, with all due respect, the worst ever. He's basically standing <laughs> with their legs kind of dangling, but Owen can put it on really well. By the way, modern day Cesaro puts on one hell of a sharpshooter. Uh, I was so raised on wrestling that I didn't know what to do in an actual fight. And I got into a fight in high school once and I put the kid into a sharpshooter. Yeah. So he's just sitting sitting in a sharpshooter for half an hour. Oh, here we go. Here he is. The win. Picked up the victory. And what I love about that too is that That's Brett great. makes one critical mistake. Davey capitalizes to become the new intercontinental champion. Storytelling one-on-one. Brett wasn't necessarily the worst wrestler just for that moment. That's exactly. a story. And it's a beauty. You never see a finish like that. No. It's not, it didn't come from a special move. No. It, you know, it just came out of like, it's realistic. Again, I, like a lot of this match. I agree. I'm a sucker. Realistic. I'm a sucker for like a schoolboy or like a nice little roll up out of nowhere where the crowd's like, holy shit, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah, exactly. Like, whoop, didn't see that one coming. With any special move coming. By the way, know, I, I don't want to. anticipating a finish. Don't want to put a damper on this for you, but there's a Please very familiar voice. Says, and the winner of this bout and new. Oh, how not a damper. That's that's just a cherished memory. I guess three, me, out, of, gives three me... out of four or five of these people are passed away. Oh, here, man. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, you're you're right. That's really sad. Oh, well, you have Bobby as well, who's passed away. Bobby's passed. Yeah, British Bulldog Joey, and of course, what Howard. what percentage of the crowd? <laughs> uh, the vast majority know. of the crowd was 80 plus so most of them are gone <laughs> i don't want to know that. don't send me the stats on it, that, was, it was seniors night here at the <laughs> summer slam and we saw our bulldog bb defeat brett hot <laughs> bb bullet wow so this is an emotional moment and i love how they drag this out that he wants to shake Brett's hand and say, hell of a match, and Brett just refuses. He almost leaves the ring, or he does leave the ring. Right now he's saying, let me help you out. He's actually just pissed. (laughs) Part of Brett actually doesn't want to shake his hand right now. Now, Brett did take the business seriously. Again, I would argue most do not take it seriously enough, but he was probably a little bit annoyed that he lost the belt, but also he knew bigger things were coming in, in his direction. Yeah, there's a strategy here. Big career strategy. He, he knew that this was going to launch him. He did say and that he, Rick Rick Flair and Randy Savage came to his hotel room and said that was the greatest match I've ever seen. Wow! 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 Really? Yeah. Hello. That those are those, those are two those undeniable cool. legends, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite matches ever. This that was terrific. Yeah, that was that good. finish is one of the best finishes ever. Leo Burke, thank him for that one. Yeah, Calgary wrestler, and yeah, what a what a beauty, and to know that one of the guys is coming off a crack. My God. <laughs> So they Beauty. they hug, Beauty. and of course, Diana comes into the ring. All is well. Still not quite as tear-inducing as Macho Elizabeth, but... Oh, God, nothing compares to that in the modern day. <laughs> other, other than maybe Double or Nothing with Dustin and Cody. That just rocked me oh, to my core. Oof, oof. <sighs> Trying to make me cry? Uh, with Dusty? Oh, boy. Well, what a match that we just witnessed. That sounds like such a Vince McMahon. What a match! What a maneuver! What a champion! <laughs> But I, I just had to say this. A couple matches off the top of my head. Undoubtedly, to me, in terms of the main event of SummerSlam, best ever. I don't think anybody can argue that. 
No, this is this kind of defines SummerSlam to me. This yeah, one. God. I, now I would say, and again, we'll go back to watch it. My personal opinion. I think that Owen and Brett in the steel cage in 94 was a better match, but okay. this was the main event. That one was not, in fact, you know, it was the main event of that year. Undertaker versus Undertaker, SummerSlam 1994. Oh, so ridiculous. But also classic. a couple other main oh events that were great. One that I think is highly overlooked. So there was Cena and Daniel Bryan 2013. Brian wins. Triple H is the guest referee. Pedigrees him. Randy Orton comes in. One, two, three. But the other highly overlooked, which I know you're going to love, Bret Hart, Taker 97. Holy shit, that's a oh, great match. Of course. Horse. I thought that was oh, Taker's God. best matchup until that point, in my opinion. Which, I think we have to do like a bunch of SummerSlam episodes in a row. I want to watch the Owen Brett one, and oh, I want to watch God, it with you, and so I want good. to talk about it with you. The, the, I'd love to revisit. The part of that match that kills me, Corey, just so you're prepared, mm-hmm. is Brett talks about <laughs> yeah. it on his DVD, is that they suplex each other off the top. It's Brett suplexing Owen, and right. he pauses, he chokes up, and he says how we protected each other that night, and given how everything oh. ended. And I hear that, and oh. even now I'm like... Oh, God, I don't know if I can make it through that. Because, you know, you just love both of those guys, unfortunately. And you Listen, wish buddy, Owen can, was here. We can cry together on on the air. That'll be fun. That'll be adorable. People are love... due for that. The hell of a we'll sudden have, they're uh... listening in their cars. You hear, oh, God, no. <laughs> well, it'll be one of our beer episodes. We'll yeah. Bring some beers. And uh... now, how do you feel? I feel like SummerSlam, for some reason, in the 90s at least, uh, that was like the the intercontinental pay per view. Yes, often it always yes. had great intercontinental matches. Razor and Sean, by the way, right? Razor Sean, I think that was ninety five as well. Right. Yeah. Exactly. There were there's a consistent, almost all the best intercontinental matches were at were at SummerSlam. Yeah, that was a hell of an event, and of course we've had others as well too with Triple H and The Rock, et cetera, et cetera. So hell of an event. I always thought it was something to look forward to in the summer. Unfortunately, they've kind of departed from that, but SummerSlam to me and to you has a special place in our heart for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, this year, this year, I bet you will be putting a lot into the summer. If, if we're back allowed to hang God, out in so. arenas and things by August, uh, they'll be putting a lot into that one. I'll tell you that. Quick question here for you and we'll wrap it up. And we appreciate you sticking around as we talked about one of the greatest matches of all time. Will we ever see one of the big four pay-per-views return to England? Because I sure hope so. I mean, as as you were saying, that that uh, that time change with the internet that's that's rough, but kind of worth the risk. I think you know? so. We got to do it. Zarka, you're living over there. You, come on, get out there, start rallying. They get do it going. for UFCs. They can friggin' do it for WWE. I think people yeah. will stick around for it. And you know what? Most people in England will be fine if it takes place at 2 o'clock. In fact, I love daylight WrestleManias. I have a soft spot for them. Yeah, maybe cut out a few hours of the pre-show and then just go, uh, you know, <laughs> make, make the time yeah, work. Yeah, how about you make it like eight or nine matches max? Let's get back to yeah. the good old days of like, you know, seven, eight matches. Make it a quality card instead of this convoluted two-night bonanza where you have like... 16 matches and you can't even follow yeah exactly exactly. so thank you for joining us uh this was truly a pleasure wanting watching one of the greatest matches of all time undoubtedly the greatest main event in SummerSlam history concludes another episode of the pro wrestling stories podcast we'll do this again for sure sincerely hope you join us for future episodes as we dive deep into the archives bring you more of these articles to life in audio form listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and of course Order a t-shirt. This t-shirt, Corey. Plug it, baby. PWSTs.com. 10% off with the promo code podcast. 
How about that? Own a piece of this history, and your parents won't be any the wiser. Uh, you, you kids, it's, it, just tell them it means hot dog or chicken or or uh, it's a wrapper. Just think about okay? it. If, he, if you that. don't get the shirt, you're fooled. Exactly. That's how I feel about you. Get the shirt, or you're fooled. And of course, if you have it in your hearts, if you want to open your hearts, H E A R T instead of the H A R T. Yes, I tied that in. You can leave us. You can leave us a podcast review, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. You could win the I'm Fooked T-shirt potentially on PWSTs.com. Does it get any better than that? I don't think it does, Chris. No, I don't think it does. I'm Chris Toplack. He is Corey Rivard. Happy trails to you. Until we meet again. <laughs>